Uh, I concur with Celine. Where are you, Celine? She's not here. I concur with her wherever she is about this being an amazing book and every page, if you saw my copy, every page is underlined and highlighted and written in and all of the, um, the amazing parts of this book. Uh, it's just um, an amazing read. But I wanted to talk about something today in this short power talk because it's something we can think about and use immediately. It's a tool we can use immediately in our life to make our life better. On page 23 of the book, Raymond Charles Barker writes this. Old ideas, old ideas have a tremendous hold in your subconscious mind. Think about that for a second. Old ideas have a tremendous hold in your subconscious mind. They are familiar territory. They require no great mental effort to keep them activated. You rethink these old thoughts with ease. You have already convinced your subconscious mind that they are valid and warrant its continued operation of them. That's the automatic thinking that we do. These are old ideas. And if we continue to think the same ideas that we keep thinking and have kept thinking, we keep getting the same experience. Now, uh, a friend of mine who's a minister, Dr. Roger Teal, he's uh, the head of Mile High Church in Denver. He has this uh, interesting way of talking about the same thing. He says, what we need to do with our thinking is stop when you think a thought, and then ask yourself, is the thought old, cold, or told? He said, these are our standard ways of thinking. These are the standards that we have. Old means this, this, we think about the thoughts that we acquired when we were children. Acquired when we were children. This is the things that our parents taught us about ourselves or told us about ourselves. In some cases, that was great. In some cases, it wasn't. Our siblings, the kids in our classes, what we learned on TV, all of those things, those really old, old, old thoughts. And he said, if you have a thought, think, is this an old thought? And he said, or is it a cold thought? Cold thoughts are those thoughts that we think about ourselves that are awful. Do you know what I mean? We are the meanest people to ourselves, or is it just me? We can do so much damage to ourselves. Oh, you're so stupid. That was so dumb. I can't believe you keep doing that. You're to this. You're to that. And, we're, of course, we're speaking to ourselves. So cold thoughts are the ways that we are cold, unfeeling to ourselves. And he said, there's another standard, which is told. These are the stories we tell others about ourselves. And we got our stories, and we know how to tell them so that when we meet someone new and they say, where did you come from? We know exactly what mode to go into. Oh, well, I came from this horrible place called blah, blah, blah. Or we know which wounds we want to express, which problems we want to talk about. These are the stories that we've told about ourselves for years, and we tell them to other people. Those are the standards that we have, old, cold, and told. But, he said, there's another standard. 
Can you guess? Old, cold, told. The gold standard. The gold standard. That's new thinking. That's what Raymond Charles Barker was talking about in The Power of Decision. Our gold thinking is the thinking that is unlimited. It takes us out of the usual, the stuff of our subconscious that we think over and over again, and into the present moment experience. And it, we know it is in the present moment that we can actually make a new decision, a new thought, a new way of acting, believing, experiencing. So this week, ask yourself, stop yourself from time to time when you have a thought that comes up. And just say, was this thought old? Was this thought cold? Was this thought told? Or is this thought my gold standard? Thank you. I haven't talked about love directly in a while, um, which is odd because it's something so meaningful to me in all aspects of love. And I, and I feel like my ministry is about expressing that through all of my ministry. But love can be a very complicated subject, you know, especially in, you know, especially with how overused or misused the word is, you know, because we do, we have one word that describes many experiences. You know, we say we love ice cream, okay? Then you turn around and you say I love you to a to a loved one. And so it's kind of it's kind of funny how that one word has so many dimensions. The um I don't think there's anything worth doing more than becoming a walking representation of the absolute vibration of love. I, I know that you might not be giving that language to what you're doing in your life. Maybe that's not what you see as your, your call. However, when those of us who are, we consider ourselves metaphysicians, and that's what, how I now label everyone who's in this room. You're a metaphysician because you believe on going, going beyond what is the normal way of looking at things. You, you go for different answers. You go for a different way of understanding things. And so it is my understanding that, or my, my impression, that whether we all realize it or not, we're here to be an element of love. And where some of us are in our homes, we come here and it's easier to feel. It's easier to feel loved, accepted, seen, and honored here, right? I mean, pretty much you walk in, and that's what a lot of people say to me sometimes. They walk in, they felt like they were home. They walk in, they felt loved. They walk in, they felt accepted, right? So that's a wonderful thing. However, some of us save some of our best behavior for going to church. Now, I know you know what I'm talking about. You wouldn't dare turn to another one here and mistreat. You wouldn't dare. Well, you might dare, but I'd, I'd back you up in a second. <laughs> you wouldn't turn around to someone else here and, and, and get in their face and judge them. You might have that experience, but you would have some amount of restraint to the everyone sitting around you. Why? Because you believe that everyone's here for the same purpose, which is of growth and possibility, right? Isn't that true? 
Don't you see that we're all kind of sharing a bit of this journey together? So I am not simply going to, I'm not going to walk up to, you know, to Bernalee, no matter what I might think, and free my thinking. Even if I am in disagreement, I'm going to practice, at the very least, kindness. I'm going to at least practice kindness. But I think we forget that when we go home. And we forget it when we're in the streets, and we forget it when we're in the stores, and we forget it to the person taking our toll. Right? Come on, admit it. I know it happens. I have it happen. I'm pretty good at this stuff, and I have it happen. My, my capacity, of my, my patience, my compassion, my um, willingness to accept and forgive and forget has grown so much. And then I still have this narrow, this narrow margin where on occasion I forget. <sighs> but I'm more the walking vibration of love than I've ever been. So I had this funny thing that happened yesterday. My son and I, we had to, um, he wanted to go see, he got accepted into a couple of the colleges of his choice and he wanted to go back and he wanted to do a second visit to Rutgers. So we scheduled this visit and we get up in the morning and I, I cancel all the things that I have to do because this is important. My son is priority, okay? I cancel everything. I put everything in its place. I do everything I'm supposed to do. And, I, and I'm letting him, he's 17, almost 18, so I'm letting him deal with things. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't listen to this recording. <sighs> so he, I don't think he ever listens anymore, so I'm safe. So he makes the appointment, and I thought, that's good. That's, you know, he's going off to college. He can make his own appointment. So he makes the appointment, and then we're leaving in the morning, and Mommy usually does get in the direction thing. I'm like, nope. You have directions? He says, yep, I have directions. Actually, they were in his phone. So we love our GPS. We listen to the phone, and it takes us into the middle of a residential t- street in, in um, New Brunswick, which it happens. Sometimes Google Maps does that. It drops you in the middle of nowhere. So we pull down the street, and I look. I'm like, Seth, this isn't it. This is not it. We've been there before. I knew it wasn't it. So, uh, you know, whatever. We had plenty of time. We had timed it all perfectly. So I said, let me see the amp email because we have both of our phones. Let me see your email. I'll look at the confirmation. Maybe we have the wrong address. I get his phone. I get the email. And I look at the confirmation. He mistakenly scheduled it for the Newark campus. (laughs) We're now down in New Brunswick. So what? Right? So what? Who cares? You made a mistake. I took him out to breakfast. But I could see him struggling in himself to figure out, did he have to be mad at himself? Was I going to be mad? How was he going to handle this whole thing that just happened? And I realized the single most loving, important, critically important thing I had to do in that moment was make it a, eh, whatever, let's go to breakfast. And I could see him kind of watching me. How's mom going to do this? You know, I really didn't care. I'm in the car with my son. He can't go anywhere. He's got to talk to me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So how bad could it be? If I'm with my kid, it's never bad. But you see, that moment, 
that was the single most loving thing I could do. The single most loving thing that you can do in any given moment changes according to the moment, and it changes according to who you are in the moment. However, it's not just what you tell somebody. It's not just saying, oh, I love you. <laughs> it's when you br brush up against them, how are you? When you, when you pick up the phone, when, when, when you think someone needs a phone call, did you, did you remember to miss somebody? Even to miss them. I know that when I miss people, I call them back here. People get on my radar, and I know when people aren't here. And I don't always get to pick up the phone before you show up. But you could be sure, if you haven't been around in a while, and I, you're, if you're a normal, you normally come a lot, and you're not coming, you're on my radar. And you are being summoned. You are being summoned, and I'm never surprised when you walk through the door. Because in that moment, what matters to me is that you know you were missed. That you know that your presence counted and that you were missed. So I do that because what matters to me always is what did I leave in the room? When I walk out of this room, what did I leave behind with you? Did you see me gossip? Did you see me complain? Was I behaving in a way that was honoring everyone in the room? How did you feel because I was in the room? Repeat after me, if you will. I am love. Because. Oh, wait, 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 no, wait. Let me back up. Let me do it differently. I love. Because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. That's what I meant to do. We're going to do it again. I love because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. Let's do it again. I love because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. Okay, now close your eyes for me, if you will. And go to that place in your heart that's sweet and that's safe. Try to go past, maybe if you had a little thing this morning, go past that. Go past any judgment. Go past anything about you where you think you haven't done something right lately. Go to that place in you that exists in each of us, that place that has never been hurt, harmed, or injured in any way. Go there and breathe into that place and let that expand in you. The place that has never been hurt, harmed, or injured the place that existed before you started judging yourself, the place that existed before others started judging you, that place that exists because it is the way people looked at you when you were first born and thought you were the next coming of Christ, that place of beautiful joy. And then breathe into it again and let it multiply again. 
See, that place exists down beneath everything. And it's always there. And the more often we connect with it, the more it multiplies. So breathe, breathe in, take a big, big breath, and breathe and let the breath out. <sighs> yeah, let it out. Let it out of your mouth. Make a sound. Breathe it into the room. Yeah. And then when you're ready, open your eyes. Now from this place, could you feel it? Everybody feel it? That's a very real place. Just turn now and look at somebody again from that, with that look. Just turn and be seen and look at someone. And look at a few someones. The place where you've never been hurt, harmed, or injured. Did you get seen? Did you open your eyes and look at somebody? I love, therefore, I am loving. Wait, what did I say? <laughs> I love because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. So our job is to walk in that walk. Anybody here have families? That was a trick question, I know. Anybody here have families where things aren't always warm and fuzzy? Got some things going on. How would you like to be the one who carries a new idea in the room? So this new idea happens because you decide to be so much of what I'm talking about that you choose never to object to anyone. You choose not to object to their behavior. You choose to let them be who they are. Those of you in relationships, we have struggles because we are objecting we are making demands of someone to be something than what they are. Do you understand? We must cease objecting. And when we cease objecting, what's possible is what shows up. I was in a relationship, um, some of you know, some of you have been around me enough to know, or you've been in my classroom, and about three years ago I got into a relationship, and um, I hadn't been in a relationship for a very, very long time, a really long time, I mean dating or, or nothing, nothing of any consequence for a very long time. And so when this relationship was sparked, um, I was a little over the top, I admit it, I was pretty much... I was pretty happy. <laughs> I liked being back in relationship. I liked being loved. I liked being missed. I liked everything, especially making out. It's the truth. And then we were together about a year, and then he left. He felt called to go live on the West Coast to be with his family. 
And I understood that because we have shared values. And our, I value my family as much as he values his. And now, especially I'm going to be a grandmother, you could be sure, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to be annoyingly grandmother-ish. So I understood what he wa- why he wanted to leave, except I was, I was pretty devastated. If you were around me, you, you saw me. You saw me. I wear my life on my sleeve. I don't exactly hide. So I spent about a year and two months um, trying to wash that man right out of my hair, as they say. <laughs> but it really didn't work, because I was really, truly still in love with him. But trying to not be, and trying not to be about him, because as far as I knew, it was over. And he had to answer the call, and for whatever reasons, it, it went the way it went. And then every once in a while, I would text him. Texting has a good place. It's a gentle way in. It's a gentle way to, you know. And then we started conversing. And the very first time we conversed, we spoke for over an hour, and I knew I was in trouble. But I didn't know if, we, I didn't know if there was a new possibility. You understand? I'm still thinking, oh, well, if I, could be friend, if I could be best friends with my ex-husband, I can love this man. You know, I could be friends with him, right? Because I, I have a reputation for staying in relationship with my exes. You know, I don't usually kick people out of my life. Except I didn't want this one to be an ex, and that was the problem. So I was conflicted. And then one day he called me up and he said, if I send you a ticket, will you come, back, will you come out to the coast and visit with me? I thought, oh. I said, let me pray on it. I'll tell you tomorrow. I did, and I did. But my mantra going out was, open mind, guarded heart, open mind, guarded heart, open mind, guarded heart, open mind, guarded heart. It lasted a day. And we weren't done. But I tell you this to tell you that none of that, so we are fully committed in a relationship by coastal. That's why even though Reverend Joel does speak once a month, now the once a month when I'm not here, I'm probably on the coast, on the West Coast. None of that would have been possible if I held on to my judgment about why did you leave. None of that would have been possible if I made him wrong and continued to make him wrong. It wouldn't have been possible if I stayed in objection. Do you understand? And if I, you know, it was, I got to be honest, it was hurtful. It was, he was here, he was gone, and there was some conversation. Yes, I understand, but I never in my heart didn't understand why did I have to give up what I was loving so much. I was hurt, and I had to be willing to love again. So I ask you, are you willing to love? And are you willing to not have a totally guarded heart? And are you willing to let more love in your life? And are you willing to not judge another? And are you willing to not hold your exes? Because so many of us in the room have exes. Come on. He who has exes, she who has exes. Okay? There's a lot of us. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Love them. Love them. They're not the reason why you are where you are. That's a lie you tell yourself. 
And every time you tell your, that lie, and every time you make them the reason why your life is not where you want it to be, you, you make yourself powerless to change it. Do you understand? There is no power in blame. So love is something we own, but it's something we do. To get back to the title, which I never spoke about, which is love is a noun and a verb. It is the, it's the choice of who we choose to be, and it's the action that we take on. And when you are in a place of love without judgment, without objection, man, are things possible. Healing like you can't believe is possible. Physical healings, not just healing in the relationship, but physical healings are possible. Love penetrates everything. Love penetrates and permeates everything. But you have to let it in. You have to decide to be that. You have to decide to be love. I see a raised hand. Is that a question? Yes? I didn't say stay in relationship with them. I'm not stupid. But you love them. When someone, hold on, there's a question. Hold on. It's not the question, it's the moment. Okay. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. There's sometimes, my, my most recent ex prior to this relationship was toxic. I get to love him from a distance. I love by not objecting. I love by respecting. I don't have to love and still be involved. There are people who have stuff. Do, you're, we're not doormats. You are not a doormat. I am not a doormat. You are not a doormat. You don't stay available to abuse. Matter of fact, if you don't raise your boundaries, they're not going to do it for you. So if someone's in your life that's toxic, move on. And the kind of love I'm talking about in that moment is just the kind of love that has to do with respect. They have a journey. So you love their journey. Love them over there. Honestly. Because you don't want to be anything else but love. You don't want to be anything else but that element of love. Because it's about you. To the depth that you are willing to love you, then you can love. To the depth that you are willing to forgive yourself, you will make room and you will release others and make room for new. To the, to, the, to the patience that you have for yourself and your silliness and the mistakes you made, just like with Seth yesterday, hopefully what Seth got yesterday is to have compassion for mistakes. Hopefully he got, let's just laugh about it and move on. And so when we have compassion for the, the mistakes we just make, then we have compassion for others and we keep this open space. Do you understand? You can't be with another what you are not with yourself. And if you want to have that in the world, it has to be here, people. You have to go to that place that has never been hurt, harmed, or injured. You have to go to that place that existed before you started gathering stories.
We all have stories. I got stories. You don't want to know my stories. I mean, maybe you do. If you want, someday I'll sit and tell you. But I'm not my story. And you are not your story. You get that? You're not your story. You're not even your mom. You're not your dad. You're you. And that was the greatest thing my spiritual teacher ever told me. I was not my mother or my father. So the second I was able to know that, I could objectify and observe myself separate from them, and I needed to do that. Why? Mom and dad were pretty toxic. There was abuse, there was alcoholism, there was a whole bunch of nasty stuff in that family story, of which I did not want to be part of. But I was able to love them because I was told I was not them. So I could live in the identity of my I am. My I am. And my I am is love. You hearing me? This is kind of deep stuff. It's, it's simple in, once, in one way, and yet I know some of you have, object, you have um, exceptions going on in your head. You have the exceptions about why your story is different. Well, she doesn't know how hurt I am. Well, maybe I do. I've talked to a lot of people. Let's say this again together. I love because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. Let's do it again. I love because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. And so what I know, all actions come forth from this. This attitude, this stance of being love will inform all your decisions. This stand will inform everything you do that you, or that you don't do. The people that you are in community with and the people that you choose not to be in community with. But I'm asking you, carry it out there. Don't save Save the best parts of you for a Sunday. Be kinder at home with your loved ones than you are with strangers. You hear me? Because I know we do that. We meet, we meet somebody new. We're like, oh, yes. How are you? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet you. And you go home. You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Don't, yeah, don't, I'm, in a, I'm in a bad mood, just don't talk to me now. I'll talk to you later. Oh, no. Save your best for home. Save your best for family. Treat each other with such kindness and love and patience and happiness. Your children, your grandchildren... Let love inform you. Yes? So I'm going to ask you to do something I don't always ask you to do. If you're willing to be more about love today than you were even than when you walked in here, I ask you to stand up.
You don't have to stand. It's not required. But if you are standing, I'm assuming you're just willing to be more about love today. So put your hands over your heart, if you will, and get really, really present. Get present to that vibration of love that lifts, guides, guards, and informs us every step of every day. Let us be this vibration. Let us allow our hearts to open, to expand, to make room for more truth. You are so worthy of more love. You are so worthy to be loved. You are so worthy of your self-love, your self-acceptance. You are so worthy. Feel your worthiness. Feel it. Today, be this. Shed anything unlike it. Shed the behavior. Shed the judgments of yourself and others. Shed anything unlike it. Right now, feel love pulsating through your body temple. Right now, feel love vibrating from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Feel it in your hands. Feel it in your breath. Feel your blood rushing and your heart beating and feel the breath in your body. That is God's gift to each of us. God's gift to us is life. What we do with it is our gift back. Let us be this gift. Feel it. Love it. You are it. This is no joke. You are it. You are the very vibration of love and sweetness and possibility. And I declare for you that this feeling is ripe and real. And that it provides for you a, a direction. That this is the direction that you set always. This is what you set your sight on. And when an experience comes that is unlike it, you simply redirect yourself back to the heart of you, to the beauty of you, to the love of you. Take a breath. I love. Because I am loving. Because I am love. <laughs> Therefore, I am loving. Let's do it again. I, I love because I am love. Therefore, I am loving. This is my truth. This is your truth. This is the truth that guides us, guards us, informs us. And if you are willing to accept it, you simply whisper a, a yes into the room. And so it is. <laughs>